This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. I want to just say thank you for being here tonight. My name's Kevin, if you don't know me. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so blessed to be able to get to spend a few minutes with you. It is my pleasure to introduce my friend Josh Phillips, who is here to share with us tonight. Josh pastored. We actually came in town about the same time. Pastored at Memorial Baptist in Norwood for almost 10 years. And um, a few years ago, I got a message from Josh. Josh said, Kevin, I want to, can we talk? I'm, I'm moving and I'm going way out of my comfort zone to a modern church to plant a campus. A year ago, um, planted a campus for the Rock Church. You're in Merle's Inlet? That's right. Yeah, Merle's Inlet, right outside of the, the church, multi-campus church right outside of Myrtle Beach. I, I love Josh because Josh has been, on one hand, remarkably consistent. He stayed at a church that led faithfully for years. He's been a consistent friend. He loves Jesus. He loves his family. He loves his wife. He loves his boys. And he loves sharing, teaching the Bible. I believe tonight Josh has a, a word for us. And just to give you a roadmap for the rest of the night, this is how it's going to work. Josh is going to come up here and speak. And then after Josh is done, Josh is going to pray. And we'll have a little bit more worship, but we're also going to pray together, okay? Um, and we're going to give you an opportunity. If there, You came in with a need. You came in with something going on in your marriage, something going on in your life, and you know I need some prayer tonight. We can pray for you. Our staff is going to be available towards the end of this. And so I'm so excited about what Josh has to share with us. So would you welcome tonight my good friend Josh Phillips. So I appreciate it. You know, to get invited somewhere once is exciting, but to get to come back means you didn't mess up too bad the first time. So we're here, hey, and so much. Hey, thank you, Vortex. You sounded well. Uh, it was exciting to sit over here and just not sing. I like to sing. I can't sing, but I like to sing. But it was fun just to sit over here and just soak it in. Band, worship team, uh, you did a great job, a great, great job. So I'm so excited to be here. Hey, if you have a copy of God's Word, whether it's digital, whether it's a hard copy, uh, either one, I'm going to invite you to meet me in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12. So let me kind of set us up before we get there. Um, how many of you kind of pose a question here real fast? How many of you have ever, um, I don't know, maybe you asked a question, but for some reason, your question just didn't get answered? And it's okay. You can do the class participation part. You can kind of raise your hand. I'm good with that. Like three of you. That went off well. Um, so we're going to try this one more time because I don't know if you're nervous or you really, I mean, maybe your prayers are, or your class, maybe everything's just working well for you. But as I'm teeing this up, just help me out here just a little bit, if you don't mind. So we're going to start all over. I'm going to do the thank you part. That's done. We've got it. 
I'm on a timer here, so let's just roll with me, okay? How many of you would say there are times when you've asked questions and for some reason, they just never got answered. You had the silent treatment. Yes, yes. I see it. I see it. You're like cattle. I got to prod you. I get it. I get it. I know now up front, so this is easier. It's going to set the much, much better now. So here, here's, what, here's my philosophy. Um, my wife says that I'm guilty at times for not answering questions that she asks. Now, I want to just, I just want to kind of go out on a limb here. And, and somebody help me out. I just feel like there are certain questions that I shouldn't have to ask. Like the answer is pretty obvious. Let me illustrate it. If you would have made your way to my house this past Saturday evening, um, between the hours of 6.30 and 8.30, you would have seen um, on my television a basketball game. Um, now, it's better. It's, it's so much better here because I live in Clemson, South Carolina world. Who cares? Who cares? Oh, some of you, I struck a whoa, struck a chord there. But it's finally good to be back in land where people care about real basketball, right? North Carolina and Duke, right? So if you would have come to my house Saturday night between 6.30 and 8.30 on my television... 60 inches, I don't even know how big it is, there's a basketball game on. And if you walked into my living room and said, hey man, what you doing? I don't feel obligated to answer that question. <laughs> and man, somebody, is anybody tracking this? Right, so, so this is, my, my wife and I, we're going to go out. We got to be somewhere at Cisco. Here's what I've learned. Getting from one place to the next, and the GPS may say three miles, and it took me a little bit, but three miles in Norwood and three miles in Myrtle Beach is two different things, right? So if the GPS is going to be three miles, it could be 25 minutes to get there. So if we have to be there at six, and so um, it's 545, and we've got to be there, man. It's going to take 15 minutes, so I'm just now going to be on time. And, and so I walk out, and my wife says, are you wearing that? And I'm like, nope. Just trying on stuff in my closet to see what fits now, right? Putting that one back because evidently that's not the right one. I, I, I don't listen, so be careful with you. I have zero, zero biblical evidence for what I'm about to say. This is straight Joshology, so I'm just sharing it with you. I feel like in life that we may have a word quota. I, I know, I know our days are numbered. That is biblical. But what if? Just, just, just hang on. What if you have a word quota and I have a word quota? And when you meet the word quota, it's over. I don't want to exhaust meaningless words and answer obvious questions and check out here a little prematurely because you couldn't look at the television and answer the question for yourself. It just doesn't make sense. Now, let me flip that just a little bit. How many of you, and, and listen right here, you don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to reflect. How many of you would say, you know, Josh, to be honest, I have kind of reached that moment before in my prayer life. I felt like I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, but for some reason, I'm, I'm just not getting an answer. And you would even go so far to say, I almost feel like maybe God's given me the silent treatment 
I don't always get what I want. And let's just be honest. Sometimes because of that, I don't even know how to respond. Right? I want to believe that God's a good God. But then I'm really wrestling with this question or this idea. If God is a good God, then why are my prayers not being answered? Or maybe even, why does the prayer answer not really line up with the prayer request? I got something completely contrary or opposite to what I'm asking for. There's an interesting passage in the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 12. And in Acts chapter 12, the church is really going and growing. A lot of great things are happening at the church of Acts. A lot of great things are happening here. Kevin and I just chit-chatted briefly and was telling me all the exciting things happening. And here's what's happening in the book of Acts. And let's just be honest, it's probably happening here to an degree. The church is going and growing. And as a result, guess what? The church is really getting attacked. Religious leaders are attacking the church. Let's just be honest, those that don't like what, which is interesting, the church is doing, even though the church is doing what the church is supposed to be doing, is people who don't like it. There's this guy by the name of King Herod who hates it. There's this one guy by the name of James who is a catalyst in the church really moving forward. And we learn in Acts chapter 12 that he's been put to death. There's this other guy by the name of Peter who we've heard of Peter's name. Sometimes Peter struggled, but a lot of times Peter got it right. And we find here in Acts chapter 12 that James is dead and well Peter's in prison and we have no idea what's going to happen. Can, can we agree here collectively that this is a crazy situation? This is a huge dynamic for the church. But I want you to hear what the church is doing. In the midst of the tumultuous situation, listen to what the Bible says in Acts chapter 12 verse number 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer was being made to God by the church. This is huge, guys. Luke begins with this connector word to begin with, or actually a word of conclusion. And he says, so, in light of the current situation, in light of the current circumstances, which is the church is being attacked. Herod has killed James. Peter is in prison. In light of all of that, what do we find the church doing? Earnestly praying. So let me just pose a question once again reflective here. In the light of your situation, whatever it is, as grand as it may seem or as small as you may think it is, or in between, how are you responding to your situation. In light of what's going on, what's your response? They're earnestly or they're fervently praying. It's a, it's a level of intensity that's really challenging for us to accept and see just how intense it is. 
It's the same concept that we see in the life of Christ. The night that he is arrested, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Bible teaches us that he's fervently praying. It's extremely intense. And in all of that, the church is praying. Now, let me kind of turn this into a movie if I can, because here we have the church um, prayer. We have Peter and, uh, in prison, and we have this, this moment to where we, we see scene number one, and we see this picture of what the church is, uh, what, what's going on in Peter's life. And then you come to Acts chapter 12, back at verse number six, and we see what's going on in Peter's life. The church is over here praying, and Peter's over here in prison. And the Bible says that Herod's on his way to get Peter, but prior to Herod getting there, God shows up. And here's Peter who's in these shackles and in these chains in this inner prison, and this angel shows up and really just escorts Peter out. There are these um, really think uh, barricades, think really, really challenging walls or doors to go through. And as Peter and this angelic world is showing up, the Bible says like right when they get there, the door just open. Like when you walk in the food line or you walk into Walmart, right? You stand there and bam, it just pops open. So long before Walmart and long before, God's been, God's been working this trick for a long time. And as he leaves under the supervision, under the authority, and under the guidance, and under the direction, Peter knows where to go. But here's where it's really interesting, and I want to go back, just really highlight. Remember verse 5, in the midst of all of this situation, the church is praying fervently over Peter. And here's what we're going to discover. Two things. I just want to leave you with two points, two truths that you can hold fast to. Because I think they'll help you. If you're saying right now, I'm, I'm living in that silent moment. Or I feel like I'm living in the moment to where God's just not hearing me. Or you would even say the outcome is not really what I expected it to be. I, I think in this situation, in this story of Peter and the church two big truths kind of roll right out. And I want you to see this. And here's the first thing I want you to get. God answers prayers differently. Sometimes God doesn't answer the prayer the way you expected, the way you longed, or the way you even desired God to answer your prayer. And I'm going to show you this right here. Listen to what the Bible says. Acts chapter 12 uh, verse number 13. And when he, that pronoun referencing Peter, when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And so she recognized Peter's voice. In her joy, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And here's, this, this, is, this is crazy. Here's their response back to her, Rhoda, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, well, maybe it's his angel. You have to love that at the times, the Bible will throw a little humor in there. 
those of you who don't think you can laugh and humor's not in the Bible, the problem is you've never read it. The Bible has humor, and I think this is one of the big humor stories of the Bible. Go back and just kind of work through this. Peter has been freed from prison. Can we just go back to the class participation part? Can you remember what the church was praying for According to Acts, not because I didn't make this up. Acts chapter 12, verse number 5. What's the church praying for? Peter to be freed. Thank you. Now come back with me to Acts chapter 12. We see verses 13, 14, and 15. Guess what happened? Peter has been freed. He goes to the place where the church has gathered, and he's knocking at the door. And this girl by the name of Rhoda comes. Now, I don't know if you picked up on this, but the Bible doesn't tell us that she recognized it was Peter because he had the mysterious, you know, secret knock. No, no, no. She recognized it was Peter because she heard his voice. Now, I can't help but imagine here, Peter's like, Rhoda, I'm an escaped fugitive. Open the blame door. They're coming, by, they're, they're coming after me. Rhoda, not Rhoda, this is me. Trust me, it's me. Whatever you need, secret handshake, whatever favorite Bible verse, I don't care. Let me in. But the humor part is what? Instead of opening the door, which seems to be the logical answer, she runs to where everybody's praying. Don't miss this now. And she says, it's Peter. It's Peter. And what do they say? You're crazy. <laughs> Literally, the word they use is our English word maniac. Now, how did they come to that conclusion? Can I loosely translate this? It can't be Peter because he's in prison. If he weren't in prison, we wouldn't be praying for his release. So there's no way it can be Peter. Because we're, we're praying over him. Rhoda, you're just a maniac. Now I want to ask this question because I think there's a little bit of, of a discussion here. We don't have to have it. You can have it later. What were they praying for? Were they praying for him to be released? Possibly. Were they praying that, well, we know what happened to James, so maybe it'll, maybe it won't be that painful? Maybe Peter will stay faithful. We could discuss. We don't have any idea. The text is a little loose there. Personally, I have an opinion if you're curious. Thank you. I think... I think they're praying for him to be released. That's just my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. You can have yours and be wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but what I do find interesting is this. God answered a little bit different than whatever their prayer was. And they didn't know how to respond to that. And if 
if I'm truly unhonest with you, and, and you're honest, you can identify with that. You prayed, and it didn't happen. Or you prayed, and it did happen. But how it happened wasn't how you prayed. And I think if the church teaches us anything here in Acts chapter 12, is that sometimes God answers prayers a little different than the way we think about it. But listen and lean in right here. Just because he answers it differently doesn't mean he doesn't answer. It just means he answered it differently. It's possible that in whatever you're wrestling, that the answer you want, you couldn't handle it if you got it. I love, love, I'm really gonna, really, you're gonna take my man card, but that's fine. I'm, I'll work to get it back here before I'm finished. I love to watch, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> million Dollar Dream Home. Anybody ever watch Million Dollar Dream Home? Yes, me and you, buddy. So we'll turn our man cards in. So, hey, brother, I appreciate you going down in flames with me. And here's the thing about it, right? If, if it's not that show or it's something else, how many of you ever said, man, if I could win a million dollars, here's what I'd do. And the and majority of our stuff, we're, we're pretty human about it. Man, if I could win a million dollars or I could win $10 million or if I could win the lottery, I'd buy Vortex all the land they wanted. We'd build this and we'd build this. And so Kevin's like, we hope you win the lottery kind of thing. <laughs> but the reality of it is, that's what you think you would do. So if, if you're like, man, I, if I got the promotion, here's what I'd do. Well, that's what you think you would do. But we serve a God who knows us more intricately than we could ever imagine. A God who knows us better than we know our own selves. A God who is omniscient, a God who can see, a God who knows all things, and a God who looks deep into the future. And he says, I hear your heart, but I also know your flesh. So I just want you to see that sometimes God answers prayers just a little bit differently. And let me give you a little few more application points here I think will help. If you ask God to maybe help you love your neighbor, the reality of it is he's going to force you to hang out with your neighbor. If you ask God to give you patience, Well, we hit a chord there, didn't we? You know what's going to happen? I'm speaking personally, man. I'm not, I'm not in your garbage. I'm in mine. You say, God, give me patience. You know what he's going to do? He's going to put you in some very trying circumstances. You're going to say, hey, God, I want to trust you more. And you know what happens? He's going to put you into some situations that are going to cause you to lean on him. Just be careful. I mean, hey. I'm encouraging you to pray. But I'm saying when you pray, be careful. Because God answers prayers a whole lot differently. Let me give you this statement. With regard to God's answers to prayer, 
expect the unexpected. Most of the greatest gifts and the deepest joys that God gives us come wrapped in painful packages. Hey, prayer's a good thing. But just realize, sometimes God answers prayers differently. And let me give you another truth here. And here it is. You and I, we must accept God's answer. Hey, can I tell y'all one of the funnest things about being a parent? I got to say things that my parents told me. And I couldn't wait. I rehearsed it. I have two boys, 22. My oldest just got married, so now I got a daughter-in-law. Um, and I remember, I remember when, when dude could talk, and he came up, and he, he asked me something, and I got to say, because I told you so. <laughs> oh, you want to throw wire out here? That's fine. I'm loaded, bro, because I told you so. And then I walked away like I had just accomplished something. Oh, that was the most rehearsed statement I've ever said in life. When we deal with prayer, to really, and this is rich, to really walk in intimate fellowship with Christ, we have got to accept his answer. Hey, little Ray, I didn't say that you had to like it. I didn't say you had to cut car wheels. I didn't say you had to make this social media post so everybody could see how holy and spiritual you are. I didn't say that. I just said we have to accept it. We have to come to this realization that it's not what I wanted. It's not what I was after. But it's what God did. Come back to the text with me. Acts chapter 12, verse number 16. At this time, Peter continued Knocking. I told you why. He's a fugitive on the run here. Rhoda, this, for whatever reason, girl, runs back. And I can hear Peter like, whoa, Rhoda, where are you going? So just in case you forgot I was here, it's a present tense verb. He kept on knocking at the door. So right now he's all red knuckled up. He's beating on the door half to death. And watch this. They open the door. Finally... And the Bible says they saw him and they were what? Amazed. They were amazed. The verb, uh, the, the idea here is that they're astonished. They're beside themselves. I can't grasp my mind around what has just happened here. Something has just transpired that is so bigger than who I am and what I can accomplish on my own. And I just want to say this real fast too. If your prayers are not outside of the realm of your possibilities, I would encourage you to really enhance your prayer life. Because if it's in the realm of what you can do, does it really take uh, a faith in a holy, righteous God? Or is it, does it just take you doing what you're supposed to do? There's something that's happened here that has left this group of people absolutely amazed. And I think too often we fail to see the answer to our prayer 
because it doesn't look like we expected it to look. This was, this really was, was not what they expected. Once again, I can't infer what they expected. But for them, Acts 12 verse 5, to be fervently praying for the release of Peter, Peter shows up at the door and now they're amazed. Then evidently they really weren't expecting Peter to be released or at least they weren't expecting Peter to come to the house. And I just want to say this real fast. There are times when it's really easy to accept God's answer. Right? I mean, you were praying for the new job and you got it. Hallelujah. Awesome moment. You prayed, man, I mean you prayed before you went and asked her out and for some crazy reason, she said yes. Awesome moment. But what about the times when we pray and it doesn't really turn out the way we wanted it to turn out? That's hard. It's not the awesome, glorious, angelic choir moment. Some of you in the room, you've been praying for the prodigal to come home, maybe. For some reason, he or she hasn't. You've been praying for a, a restoration of a marriage. But maybe for right now, it just hasn't happened. You've prayed over a loved one. And for some reason, it didn't go the way you expected it to go. You and I are then forced and even challenged with, how do I respond to that? Because that's real. That's life, guys. Now, lest, lest you think the pastoral life is different. Hey, newsflash. This morning at 5.30, my alarm went off. Now, when my alarm went off, because I'm a pastor, I didn't have this maraud of angels show up. <laughs> Legion of angels began to sing and welcome me to the morning. It didn't happen. I don't know about a child's kid, but it didn't happen to mine. My alarm lock went off and I was like, crap, I got to get up. I got to start a new day. Lest you think I had help getting dressed. I mean, I, in other words, I thank God. I get to serve him. But I'm human just like you are. Can I get vulnerable with you for just a moment? Is that okay? Can I be real? There are moments in my life where I have landed right here. Things happened exactly like I wanted them to happen. I was like, this is nice. But there have also been moments where I landed right here and it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. God gave me two boys. I love my boys. Love my boys. But deep down in the recesses of my soul, I wondered what it was like to have a daughter. Always wondered. And I said, God, I want to give it a try. And it never happened until one day, and the story is way too long for me to tell you, but one day this little beauty popped up in my life. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> she popped up in my life. I was, man, I had fingernail polish on. I had tiaras in my hair. I was the true dad to a little girl. I was so excited. My wife and I were working through the process of adopting her. And then all of a sudden, 13 months later, it was over. I didn't understand. I was mad, Kevin. I had prayed. And I felt like God dropped her in my home. I knew where she came from. And I knew where she was going back. And I was mad at God. And I wrestled. God gave me a word that I just want to share with you as I kind of wrap everything up here. God said, I want you to get this, son. I'm sovereign. I'm in control. This situation is not taking me by surprise. But then God said, I'm also sufficient. You're broken. I get it, bud. You don't understand. Things didn't go the way you wanted them to go, but I'm sufficient. Then I heard, literally, I felt like God speaking to my life that I may not always give you what you want, but I will always do for you what's right. I will always give you what's best. And at the end of the day, isn't that really what the gospel is? The gospel is Christ invading this world to give people what they needed, not necessarily what they wanted. And at that moment, God spoke into my life and he reminded me of Isaiah chapter 55. And God says, listen, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. And the implication is God's ways are so much bigger and better. God's thoughts are so much bigger and better than mine. And I can't, I can't tell you it just the feelings and the emotions were gone. But I can tell you that in that moment I, I have a peace that's beyond my human understanding. God answered my prayer completely different. But I'm left to accept the answer that he gives me. Because it's his answer. And so what I want to challenge you here is that some of you are saying, I feel like I've been given the silent treatment. Or maybe you would have said, it's not the silent treatment. It's just a completely different answer than what I wanted. His ways better his thoughts are grander don't quit praying over it but just realize that he didn't always answer like he wanted but it doesn't erase the fact that he's a God who is in control a God who is sufficient no matter what the need is no matter what the emotion is 
Father, in Jesus' name, God, we're grateful. We're grateful for who you are. God, we're thankful for your, your, your sufficiency. And God, we thank you that we can take all of our needs, our requests, our hurts, our wants, and God, we can bring them to you. In fact, you invite us into your presence to boldly come before your throne. And so, God, I pray tonight, if there's somebody who's wrestling with that, that, God, they'll say, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to accept it, even though it's not what I want, because, God, above all, I, I want what you want. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.